Normally I tell you to open your Bible back to where we were and you could expect it would be staying there, but uh, today we're going to be looking at various bits and pieces of the Bible. Uh, God speaks it to us. Uh, he works by His Spirit through His Word and uh, so we're going to look at all those bits to see, well, really why that, how that's true, why that's true. Uh, we want to understand Him, want to see Him shape our lives, so let's ask for His help uh, and as we turn our minds to God's Word. Let's pray. Father, please do help us today, help us to think carefully as you speak to us, help us to trust you, the God who speaks in the Lord Jesus. Amen. You can take it on faith. God speaks the Bible. When you hear it, you hear him. The way the Bible comes to us is fairly ordinary. Uh, Written across 1,500 years or so, 40 writers, 66 books, 39 written before Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, 27 written after. It kind of comes to us in a fairly ordinary way. Our English translations, they're ancient, they rely on ancient documents. We don't have the originals written by Moses or Isaiah or Mark or Jude. What we do have is the Old Testament translated from essentially the same Hebrew and Aramaic that Jesus read. We have the New Testament translated from essentially the same Greek text that the authors wrote. I I say essentially the same because the ancient copies were handwritten, not scanned, then printed. Occasionally the person writing it again would skip a letter or misspell a word or or add a clarification, or bring in an idea. But because we have the many ancient copies, we can do the genetic analysis. We can compare the documents and identify families and see where mutations slipped in and work back towards essentially what was written in the first place. Most modern translations have footnotes to tell you where there's some uncertainty. But it's worth knowing that no major idea, no major Christian belief hangs on the difference between one family of texts and another. We have the Old Testament that Jesus read. We have the words his first followers wrote. Now, part of what they wrote is what Jesus said and taught. And today I want to look with you at what Jesus said and taught about the Bible. At Sojourn, we invest enormous amounts of time reading the Bible. Uh, We're we're careful careful to hear what it says. Our aim is to help one another line up our our heads and our hearts with what the Bible says is true and good. And why we do that is because God speaks it. But how do we know? How do you know God speaks the Bible? You may feel like God is speaking it when you hear it. You you may be impressed by how all the pieces fit together in one message. Uh, Written by 40 authors through those 1,500 years, but still one message. You may be convinced that it speaks better than anything else to the reality of the world we live in, to to its history, to your experience of it. Or you may not. It doesn't matter how you feel when you hear it or if you've read enough of it to see how all the pieces fit or if there are times when 
you can't really see how it fits with what you see. When you lean in and listen, there's a person you can trust. If you trust him, you'll trust what he says about the Bible. Now, you could trust me, but I'm not saying you should trust me. (laughs) We can trust Jesus. We can trust what Jesus says about the Bible. It'd be absurd to trust him about other areas of life and then not to trust him about this. We're going to look at what he says. But just a summary before we get to it. Jesus' attitude to the Old Testament in the Gospels is that God speaks it. Always and only he treats it like it's true. What the Old Testament says is to be believed, what it promises is to be trusted, what it commands must be obeyed because God speaks it. What the Old Testament scriptures, God says. It's as simple as that, as Jesus teaches. But it doesn't draw a line under it there. He teaches and commissions his disciple apostles to take his words to the nations. And he promises his Holy Spirit to enable them to do it. Uh, Their words end up beside the Old Testament scripture. They're just as worthy, the words of the disciple apostles are just as worthy to be believed and trusted and obeyed because God speaks through them. That's some of where we're heading. Let's look at Christ's view of the Bible. I've highlighted some of this as we've read through Mark's Gospel, so I want to look mostly at other Gospels. I'm going to be jumping around various bits and pieces so that you can see and hear for yourself what Jesus thinks and says and teaches about the Old Testament and see where he directs our thoughts about the New Testament writers. So we'll start with Jesus' attitude to the Old Testament. Uh, One way it surfaces is, is his confidence that whatever it says will happen. So before his death, we, 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 Jesus said he would suffer and die and rise after three days. After his resurrection on the road to Emmaus, he said to his former followers, Luke chapter 24, verses 25, 26, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then a little later he said to them, why it is necessary. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So Jesus is saying that his death, his resurrection, that what comes next in terms of the gospel proclaimed, It must happen because they were spoken about centuries before. What was said then can be believed. What was promised then can be trusted. And what it commands must be obeyed. Uh, You see that in Jesus' own attitude in his own life. Uh, The bit we read just before, uh, he just constantly takes the Old Testament as his final reference point. What it says settles the question. 
So look at these bits of how Jesus responded when the devil tempted him. So like chapter 4, verse 3, the devil tempted him, and Jesus answered, it is written. And he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Verse 7, the devil tempted him, and Jesus answered him, it is written. Deuteronomy 6, 13. Verse 11, the devil tempts him, and Jesus answered him, it is said, Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. The devil says, do this, and Jesus explains he cannot and he will not because the Bible tells him not to. Jesus saw the Bible as his rule. It had authority over him and has authority over everyone. Let's go over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18 in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Law and prophets are one way of saying all the Old Testament. And Jesus says it all stands, it all must be fulfilled. Jesus himself speaks with absolute authority. He speaks like his word is absolute, but he never belittles, never undermines the Old Testament. He aims to reestablish its true teaching. Tempted by the devil, challenged by humans, he quotes it as if what it says settles the issue. He believed and trusted the Old Testament. He obeyed the Old Testament. He taught others to do the same. Why? Because God speaks it. Early, sorry, later in Matthew, uh, look at this section of what Jesus said in response to some questions about the touched on marriage and divorce. He, sa- he, he says, Have you not read, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? He asked, don't you know what God who made humans said? But look at Genesis chapter 2. And highlight in quotation marks the bits that Genesis chapter 2 says God said. Highlight them in red. Red seems like as good a color as any. The narrator wrote the rest. But Jesus says, haven't you read the creator said... Verse 24. Now, God did say and does say what the narrator wrote. Jesus is so convinced that the scripture says what God says that what he, say, he, he reads the scripture and says, God said. Kind of words of God in red and black, if you like. Jesus consistently treats the Old Testament as words to believe and trust and obey because God speaks them. At the same time, Jesus spoke as if he has equal authority. Uh, We've seen that in Mark's Gospel. But he didn't dictate his teaching for those of us who couldn't be there to hear him. He commissioned some of his first followers to teach with his authority. This is how we see his attitude to the New Testament. So he sent his apostles to teach with his authority. Let's look at a little bit of John's gospel for this. John chapter 14, verses 24 to 26. He says, the word you hear 
is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. He speaks on God's authority. Uh, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So he taught the disciples, he promised the Spirit as their teacher. Now every believer receives the Spirit, but the apostles received the Spirit to enable them to be Christ's witnesses. They're empowered to be Christ's witnesses. So John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says to them, As the Father has sent me, so even so I am sending you. This is really important. The word they hear from Jesus was the word the Father sent Jesus to speak. The words we hear from them are the words Jesus sent them to speak. Empowered by the Spirit, they speak with his authority. The apostles received the Spirit to enable them to be Christ's witnesses. Jesus sent his disciple apostles to teach what he had taught them. He promised to empower them by his Spirit so they could reliably teach with his authority. That's Christ's view of what they, their role in his church. So let's look at what they teach about the Bible, what the New Testament teaches about the Bible. Not surprisingly, Christ's followers follow Christ in their attitude to the Old Testament. Uh, They don't move on from it any more than Jesus moved on from it. They don't think their teaching replaces it. They believe and trust and obey it. They teach Christ's followers to do the same. Just like Jesus, they, they, they think clearly, sorry, just like Jesus, they, they think that humans wrote it, but that equally God speaks it. There are a few ways where they state this explicitly. They have a clear understanding that the Old Testament was written by humans, but that was also spoken by God. So Peter says, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews introduces a bit of an ancient psalm with the words, As the Holy Spirit says. God spoke it, God still speaks it. The, the classic passage to think about the New Testament attitude to the Bible, to the Scriptures, was mostly talking about the Old Testament when he wrote to Timothy and said, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. God breathed out the Scriptures. They point to Jesus. They continue to be relevant to men, women, and children who are saved through him. There's no space at all between what Scripture says and what God says. He speaks it all. Every time in the, in the, every time in the Bible, in the New Testament, when you, you hear it said, it is written, or Scripture says, God is the implied speaker. God speaks it to us. Pretty much, scripture, what Scripture says equals what God says. 
I mentioned earlier that, that bit where Jesus quotes from Genesis, quotes the narrator, and says, God says that. Let's, it goes, look at this, it comes up the other way in Galatians. Uh, they, Paul quotes Lord God's speech in the Old Testament as what Scripture says. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul says, This Scripture, foreseeing what God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. The words are from Genesis chapter 12. And you look it up, and it's the Lord God who said to Abraham, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The same thing happens in, in Romans with Exodus chapter 9. What Scripture says, you look it up, and it's what the Lord God, as the speaker, said. See, there's no space at all between what the Old Testament Scriptures say and what God says. He speaks it all. Just like Jesus, the apostles teach us to receive the Old Testament as what God speaks, to believe God who speaks it, to trust God who promises, to obey God who commands. The thing is, they thought their own Preaching and teaching did the same. They thought and they taught the same about their own preaching and writing. This is how they understood their commission to teach by, with Jesus' authority. So Paul looked back uh, to the first days with the Thessalonian churches. So the Thessalonian church, and he wrote 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. He's convinced his words were God's words. That's why when he wrote to the church of Galatia, he said, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. It's why the Apostle John finishes the book of Revelation with a warning a lot like that one. They're full on about their words because the Apostles knew that their words are God's words. That anyone who rejects their words rejects God who speaks his gospel through them. That anyone who accepts their words accepts God who speaks his gospel through them. It's true when they preached and when they wrote. That's how they saw one another's writings. So Paul quotes a bit of Luke's gospel uh, as scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18. It's alongside a little bit of Deuteronomy. Do not, Deuteronomy, do not, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Luke, the laborer deserves his wages. Old and New Testament together as God breathed Scripture. That's 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy. The old Scriptures God breathed is 2 Timothy. And Peter writes a second letter to people who have heard the Lord and Savior, 2 Peter 3 2. They've heard him through their apostles. A little later he says, And count the patience of the Lord of salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them on the, of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. 
See, Paul is putting Paul's writings alongside the Old Testament scriptures. They include things that are hard to understand. And you go, yeah, I recognize that. But they're worth the work. They're worth reading carefully because God speaks them. It's dangerous to twist them because God speaks them. The apostles followed their master in their respect for the Old Testament as the words that God speaks. But they also follow him in placing their own words alongside it as God's word for God's people. Now, their view of the Bible is the Christian view of the Bible. It's the Christian view because it's Christ's view. And Christians follow Christ. See, that's how we know that God speaks the Bible. We trust Christ. We follow him. And to some extent, what we've done today is we've worked out from Jesus' words, which are the, which some of our Bibles print in red, we've worked out from them and seen how his words drive us to the conclusion that God speaks the Old Testament and the New Testament to us. That God speaks all of it. Not just the bits in quotations, not just the words in red, the words in red and black. Words of God in red and black. It's not just history. God speaks it to us now. When God speaks, he is to be believed. When he promises, he is to be trusted. When he commands, he is to be obeyed. Now, if we can get clear on this, it has all sorts of healthy implications. In some ways, every other Bible passage that we look at, the implication is, listen to that. I thought I'd mention three. First, it means the Bible is our supreme authority. What it says, God says. It interprets our experience. It corrects our tradition. It fixes our thinking. As sojourn, we read the Bible carefully on Sundays in the discipleship groups and when topics come up in conversation because the Bible is our supreme authority. Together as a church and as individuals, when the Bible speaks about something, well, it ought to resolve the issue. Because trusting the Bible is personal. It's part of personally trusting Jesus. Uh, we took the time to get today to work out from Jesus' own words so that you can see it. Neither the ancient church nor the modern church gave the scripture its authority. The church didn't make God's word. God's word made the church. The historic church simply recognized the authority of the words spoken by God. It recognized them in submission to Jesus who teaches and rules his church. We trust the Bible because Jesus teaches us to trust it. It's personal. We can personally trust him. How you treat, the, how you treat what Jesus says is how you treat him. And when you treat the Bible as what God says to us, because Jesus tells us that's what it is, well, you personally trust him. 
reading the Bible, trusting the Bible is personal. And knowing God speaks the Bible means that reading the Bible is personal. This is the astounding thing. That the infinite, eternal, living, true and holy God speaks the Bible to us. There's no space between God says and Scripture says. The Bible is not God, but we can't and shouldn't separate God from his word. Words in the people who speak them are like that. You realize that if, someone, if you say something to someone and they don't believe your words, well, they don't believe you. Or they do believe your words, then they believe you. When we get, we get to hear God speak, it's so helpful to realize that we're relating to him as we hear his words. We're relating to him as he speaks the Bible to us. So that, that's what's actually happening. If you believe his word, well, you're believing him. If you trust his word, you're trusting him. If you obey his word, you're obeying him. If you honor his word, you're honoring him. Equally, if you insult, ignore, disobey, contradict his word, well, him. Reading the Bible is personal. We get to relate to God by listening to him and responding to what he says to us. Yes, we learn things, we discover ideas about God and ourselves and the world we live in and what happened in the past and his claims about the future. It can be exciting to discover something new that we haven't realized before. But much more exciting, genuinely humbling, is the fundamental reality of what's happening when we read the Bible. God is speaking to us. The infinite, eternal, living, true, and holy God speaks to us. We need our heads and hearts tuned to this reality whenever we open the Bible. When we're tempted to leave it closed. When we find ourselves just reading it because we said we'd read it. When we struggle to trust what it says. So helpful just to make that connection. Struggling to make time to listen to God. Struggling to believe that what God says is true. Major aim to hear God's word, the Bible, as God's word. To remember God is speaking it to you. To meet him in his word. That's where Jesus sends us. What Jesus teaches us. Jesus' words drive us to the conclusion that God speaks all of the Old Testament and all of the New Testament. That when God speaks, he is to be believed. When he promises, he is to be trusted. When he commands, he is to be obeyed. Let's pray that God strengthens us to honor him as we hear his word. Let's pray. Great God, thanks again that you do speak that we hear you as you speak the Bible. Please do give us clarity about what's going on as we read it. That we would submit all our thoughts to your truth. That we would trust your Son who teaches us 
to accept the scriptures as your word to us. That we would hear them and be aware that you are speaking them to us. Father, we ask that we would be among those who believe your word and believe you. Trust your word and trust you. Obey your word and trust you. To your glory and the glory of your Son. In him, amen.